Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey and I'm your host. The best revenge is to have enough self-worth not to seek it. When your divorce is over but your ex is still connected to you through your children, it can be hard not to compare your lives. Maybe he's able to take trips with your kids that you can't afford, maybe he's introduced his new girlfriend to your mutual friends, or maybe he's just being a jerk and refusing to let you move on. This episode is all about dropping bitterness towards your ex, which is why we wanted to open with this quote about choosing self-worth over revenge. We're going to be joined by Laura Lifshitz, a fan favorite, who you might remember from our second episode about dating after divorce. Laura keeps it real here too, and we think you'll definitely be able to relate to the stories she shares. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe to keep up with new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so join our Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce, to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back with Laura. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com podcast to learn more. We couldn't be more excited to be welcoming Laura Lifshitz back to the podcast. Laura, welcome back. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me again. Well, you know, you are always welcome. We're so happy you're here. We did our first episode together. We talked about dating and it is like such a popular episode. You wouldn't believe it. And I had so much fun talking with you. So I'm really excited that we've got you back. Well, I'm glad that you guys want me back. It's not like, you know, I'm one of those relatives that you don't want to show up at the house, you know? Right, right, right. It's like uh, the relatives by choice, not by blood. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes they're just better. What can we say? So, all right. So this episode, we're going to be talking about finding ways to remove yourself from feeling bitter towards your ex and dropping that bitterness. So you came up with this idea, you know, we had talked about having you back on and this was a topic that you wanted to talk about. So I'm hoping you can give us a little bit of an introduction to the topic and and why it's important to you and why you think it's something that our listeners can relate to and, and want to hear about. You know, there's so many different layers of why mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up this topic. One is that, you know, I'm a, as I'm out there and I'm meeting people and whether as friends or dates or, you know, I notice that there's a theme of people who are either, you know, accepting of their ex and kind of at peace with who the person is. Right. And then there's a group of people that it's almost like they're still married. They're still like way too enmeshed with the person's life. Still way too angry about stuff that has happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it becomes like a baseline of everything else in their life. And like this, this measuring stick, it's like their ex-husband or wife is like their yardstick, right? You know, and it's funny, like my ex-husband is remarried and you know, people would say to me, well, well, don't worry, it's not going to last. And, you know, (laughs) number one, I think that's a terrible thing to say. And number two, like, 
I'm like, wait a second, that's not me. Like, I'm not, I don't hope Yeah, that. Like, like, you're I, not rooting I, for his... No, <laughs> I hope I hope for it to last because, you know, I would hope for happiness for right. somebody, you know? And, like, right. especially, like, a father of my child, like, mm-hmm. I want him to be happy rather than not happy, you know? So I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, like, there's a reason that people think that that's a polite thing to say to you. And I don't think that they mean it harmfully. And you know what? Sure. I mean, like, I get it. But so there is that. And then the other thing is, like, one of the biggest things was my dynamic change with my ex-husband. And it went very, you know, just sour. It took me, there was just, like, a year of, like, upset, guilt, anger, all sorts of feelings. And eventually I was like, this is just how it is. This is how he is. This is how it's going to be. And I'm going to try hard to do my best. But even if I do my best and even if I'm nice, this is how he's going to be. And I have to accept it. So for me, I think one of the key things is whether you have a wonderful ex-husband, a horrible ex-wife, whatever the case is, it's you have to accept it, right? You have Mm -hmm. to let it go. And for me, I have... I have a hard time letting certain things go. In this case, I didn't, right? In this case, I mean, I would say it took me maybe, I don't know. I guess I I kind of battle with it every now and then where I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. And, you know, when I say like letting it go and not being bitter with your ex-husband or so, I don't mean that it can't bother you if the person is mean or it can't bother you if the person is a bad co-parent. It just means that your life does not, revolve whatsoever around this person. Like, I don't think my ex cares about what I do. And I don't care about what he does as long as my kid is happy and healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. so a lot of people are not that way. They spend a lot of energy invested in going tit for tat. And it's not healthy. You're never going to move on that way. And I see it a lot. And that's what made me say, you know, this would probably be a good topic because people struggle with it. You know, heartbreak is hard. Totally. Heartbreak is hard. I think one of the things that, you know, since we opened our new Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce, we've really been able to hear a lot more from our audience and understand kind of what things they're dealing with. And this is for sure the most popular topic. We hear a lot of people talking about, you know, their ex or their ex's new girlfriend or, you know, what's going on when the kids are with the ex or what the ex wants the kids to do over the weekend. And, you know, it's a real thing. And I think it's a really common issue that people deal with after divorce. And a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast or things that people talk about in the group, it has to do with like during divorce. But our favorite topic is really life after divorce. And this is, I think, like an issue that doesn't really get easier necessarily as you get farther away from your divorce. It's something that's kind of like an ongoing struggle. For some people, Mm -hmm. for some people. And that's why I'm saying, I think one of the first things that we should talk about is that yardstick, right? Right. Because I think that a lot of the problems resolve around that. And we'll talk about girlfriends and kids activities on the weekends. We'll definitely get into all that. But one (laughs) of the biggest things is whenever you break up with somebody you know, sometimes there's two people that are devastated. Sometimes there's two people that could care less. Sometimes there's one person that just seems to sail off into the distance. Like I have this. And then the other person's like crying, like, why are you leaving me? You know, it's natural to somewhat compare your grieving or your process of the breakup or divorce 
to an ex. So I just want to state that off the bat. We all know that, you know, I've seen friends of mine who who get divorces and it's like they're in mourning for years. And I see Mm -hmm. others who it's like, they're exiting their divorce with a new partner, which to me, so it's like, it's so variant. But don't you think that even in those cases, it's like, like, let's say that you've like found somebody before your divorce is even finalized and you've got a great relationship. It's like, you're still so tethered to your ex that like, you're just going to know what's going on with them and you're going to care. Like, I think that you can be comparing yourself to your ex without you know, wanting to be with your ex, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so most people, and, and and I've seen it, I've seen it from people who are happy and healthy and moving on, they compare their lives right. to their ex's life. And this usually comes down to a few categories, okay? okay. One is financial. It's always a, an assessment of who has more. Financial, romantic, who's married first, who's gotten the partner first, mm-hmm. um, physically, who's left the divorce looking haggard, who's <laughs> left the divorce looking like, you know, a supermodel. Who got the revenge body. <laughs> who has the revenge body. Right. And, and I think psychological. And mm-hmm. I feel like people need to cut that out because you know what? Okay, my ex has more money than me. My ex remarried, you know, and started a new family. But I don't feel like I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, why did he do that? Right. That's his story. It's not really your story anymore. Yes. So what people need to see it is your life is your story. And you know what? You really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Because sometimes I hear things and I'm like, wow, it's kind of uh, interesting. Karma seems to be playing its part, um, you know, without me doing anything. Especially when it's like somebody who you really shared a life with. I mean, you know what their worst qualities are. And like, you can only imagine this new woman is dealing with the same issues that you have dealt with. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) At the same time, this person also could bring out good things that I didn't, you know. So what I tell people is it's like, that's their story. You have your story. They have theirs. And the other thing is everyone is different and has different needs. Like when we got a divorce, his career was already stable. I mean, he's been in the same field forever and ever, you know? So he didn't have to worry about those things, but I did. You know, I had to worry Mm -hmm. about growing my money, growing my finances. You know, he really wanted to have more children. I didn't. So it's like, you can't compare our stories. We had two different needs. Right. It's like you had different cards in your hands, but you also were not playing the same game. Like it's apples and oranges. Yeah. And I, I, that's why I had to tell people. It's like, yes, you know what? Your ex-husband could have found somebody already, but you don't know how good the relationship is. You right. don't know how long it's going to last. You don't know if it's going to be forever. And most importantly, that relationship didn't serve you. So it's like you're sitting here crying over something that didn't work out for you. I think where the problem becomes complicated, like in my case, I wanted my divorce. Um, There are people that don't want their divorce. And Mm -hmm. I think those people are the ones that have the most difficult time because it was kind of handed to them when they didn't want it. Right. And it's like a totally different kind of healing too. Yes, it is. But I think if you were someone whose ex- fueled the divorce process and you didn't want it and you're sitting there comparing yourself, I think that you need to step back and say like, 
whether or not I wanted to stay married. This person didn't. You know, you can't cling on to an imagined future. Like, sure, you guys could still be married together and everything would be great, but it's not. You know, I think sometimes you have to accept what is. And that's been very hard for me in times of my life, not with a divorce, but like, let's just say I met somebody and I really liked the person and they didn't want to move forward in the relationship. And I did. And, you know, I'll admit it. I've sat spinning my wheels being, you know, upset over it. It is really hard to let go. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that it's not easy, you know? Yeah. I think as far as your ex goes, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about the idea that their success or their happiness does not equal your unhappiness. Like your ex can move on and maybe it happened before you found your person, but like it's not like only one of you gets to be happy after the divorce. Put it this way, there's no happiness pizza, right? It's not like this person took (laughs) the piece out first, you know, and and took a few slices. I'm just picturing what a happiness pizza would look like. I love that. So a happiness slice is like eight slices of pizza and you took four and now there's there's only four left, but one of them has a big bubble on the crust or worse, one's gluten-free, you know? So you definitely don't want that piece of pizza. Yeah. I think what's inevitable about all of this is that when you were married, you you were sharing mm-hmm. a pizza. And it can be hard to think of it now as like two separate pizzas. But the one pizza having love doesn't mean the other pizza doesn't get I, yeah. I think we've lost the pizza. <laughs> but I think we took it too far. I think, we, I think we exhausted the pizza. You know what? Here's a great example. Mm-hmm. Okay. My daughter the other day had like a little play date and there was another girl there that was older. And she's like, I think she liked her better than me. And I said to her, honey, I said, you know, you have a stepmom. And do you think that I'm like mad or jealous of her? She goes, no. And I said, absolutely not. I said, I'm glad you have an extra person there to love you, you know, and and hopefully this person does. I really don't know, honestly, but I said, I hope that you get extra love from this person. I said, because you don't just have one friend. You don't just have one person that you love. I said, the more people that love you, the better. So yeah, your friend might really like that person, but she likes you also. And that's hard to learn when you're little, you know, when you're in elementary school. But as adults, it's something that we need to remind ourselves that just because one person is happy doesn't mean we can't be happy. And just because this person, you know, loves someone else doesn't mean we're not lovable. Right? Right. I think that's what it comes down to. Like ultimately for some people, they see their ex moving on. They see their ex getting remarried, starting families. And they're thinking like, I'm not, what's wrong with me? Am I not lovable? And really like somebody else is not a measure of you, you know? Totally. Especially when, you know, you are living a separate life at this point. It's just, it really is just so unrelated. But so I have a question for you. Do you think that sure. like, when you're married, you really are sharing your life with somebody. And after you have separated and you're rebuilding your own life and he's rebuilding his, you're living these two separate lives. I mean, after sharing a life together, do you think it's inevitable that you're going to sort of keep tabs on your ex's life? And if you have an ex, do you think it's just inevitable that you're going to see what's going on in their life and it's going to make you feel some type of way? Well, let's just put it this way. There's like three categories of people Mm -hmm. when it comes to this. And yes, I think in general for a little while, 
that does happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. You have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you guys break up. Oh, yeah, well, I heard John's already has a new woman, you know, or mm-hmm. I heard such and such, or, or did, you, did you see how good she looks ever since such and such dumped her? So, like, you know, of course, we all want to kind of know the dirt about somebody who, you know, I guess broke our hearts or we, we broke theirs. But there's, like, a level of healthy keeping tabs right. all the way to extreme knots. So, like... If you're sitting there Googling like your ex-husband every night, you have a problem. You have a bona fide psychological problem. If you know Mm -hmm. every single thing that your ex does with a new partner, if you sit there and you're keeping tabs on every single tiny thing they do, that's a problem, right? It's normal to, one, wonder about who might be around your kids and to do a little bit of Googling like that Mm -hmm. I get, you know? And in the beginning, if you find out your ex has a new partner, yep, it's normal to kind of do a little like assessing and that's normal. It's the people that never let it go, right? Who sit there and like question their kids. What did you do with mommy? Or what did you do with daddy? Or, you know, it's normal to keep tabs, but you just, if you're doing it all the time, my question to you is why? Is it helping you to know every single thing? Do you feel like a better parent? Do you feel like a better person? Do you feel sexier? Do you feel happier? Do you feel smarter? You know, and, you know, some people are like, you know, oh, well, you know, such such and such my ex is not doing well. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's, look, there's nothing to be gained from that either, you know? So right. if you're doing better or they're not, you know, I find that I found that sometimes my ex gets a little bit of, I think, happiness about me not doing well, which to me, you know, to me doesn't make sense. But like, that's the terrible way to feel. You need to just sit there and take the past and put it where where it belongs, because if that relationship was meant to serve you, you'd still be in it. Yeah, I think that's true. I think there's also something to be said for like, you know, we already talked about how you really can't change your person. And you, you talked about how you kind of at a certain point, you thought about your ex and and you knew that, you know, he is who he is and this is just how it's going to be and, and all you can do is control how you are in the situation. But at the same time, it's like you have already decided to not share a life with this person and you do have control over how much of your time they take up and how much of your thoughts they occupy. And, you know, you've decided to separate from this person or maybe it wasn't your decision but it's happened and so now you get to pick how much of your life they are and you know why pick to let them take up so much space I mean and and that happens you know I've seen Mm -hmm. people recently where they're comparing themselves to their ex's new partner and really here's the reality you're not dating that person, Mm -hmm. you don't know how great it is or what, you know, like what you see on the outside, but we all know we're adults. We all know that what we think is reality is not always reality. There's Facebook reality and then there's reality, (laughs) you know, and then there's Snapchat reality, which is even like more (laughs) twisted. You know what I mean? So it's filtered. (laughs) I mean, you only know what you know. And I think that one of the biggest things is when people let it eat them up inside. I had a friend, wonderful, adorable woman, and just really couldn't let go of her anger of her ex's new partner. And, you know, I just said to her, like, yeah, I gotta let it go. Like, he wasn't a prize. He wasn't that good to you. Basically, it's like this woman just won a crappy Cracker Jack box Mm -hmm. prize. And you know that. So why are you sitting here upset about it? You know, if you saw a piece of trash in the road, you wouldn't be treasuring it. 
So just like let it go and don't don't yeah. don't be don't be upset. I know, and like of course it's easier said than done. I mean, yeah. The truth is that nobody wins a breakup or wins a divorce, but you know, I can understand why people worry what it looks like when their ex has a hot new girlfriend or, you know, someone who's 20 years younger than you or or whatever it is. Like it hurts and it can be embarrassing, but of course at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because that's their life. Yes, I've seen quite a bit of that. I haven't dealt with that, but I, I've seen quite a bit of that out and about where like one person is like, oh, did you see who like such and such ex-husband ended up with? And, mm-hmm. you know, the other person feels bad and sits there to feel bad about themselves. And, you know, like the reality is looks fade just because someone is attractive doesn't mean they're a good person. Any of us who've been on a date more than once should know that. And the other thing is the guy chasing like the young girl looks like an idiot. So keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah. One of our favorite quotes is uh, the best revenge is to have enough self-worth not to seek it. And I think that's really applicable that it's like, again, like you can't win a divorce. It's not, you can't win a breakup. Like we were talking about the pizzas before, how you're not like splitting the slices of happy, but also like there is actually no score. There is no, like oh, nobody's yeah. it's actually not keeping track. That's in Yeah, you're not playing bingo, <laughs> you know, it's not like someone right. hits all five, you know, and sometimes it can feel that way. Of course it can. Like we talk a lot about the stigma of divorce and like people are not, always as kind as they should be. And it makes it harder when you're going through something. And, you know, if it's like your religious community or the people at your kid's school or whoever it is, like you probably feel like people are paying closer attention than they really are. But like, of course, it can be hard when that's going on. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And the reason that I brought up that quote is because it's just like, you know, if you can make your life more about you and find your own happiness, it's going to matter less and less to you. Yeah, but you know what? I I can say for like people who are listening to gossip about the divorce of the situation, that can be really hard, you know, because it's your personal life and it's kind of like being plastered all over. And I guess my advice to people who are going through that is don't contribute to it. Don't bash your ex negatively or the person Try to stay out of it and most importantly, just realize that eventually there's going to be something new for people to gossip about because there always is, you know, Mm -hmm. like eventually you're going to be an old news feed reel and there's going to be another blaring Facebook ad in your face and it's going to be somebody (laughs) else's problems that everyone's talking about and not yours. You know, it's just... It's temporary. So, you know, keep that in mind. And not just that the gossip is only hot for a minute, but the gossip is only the truth for a little bit. You know, you were talking about how you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors and beauty fades. And like life is full of ups and downs. And it can be really hard when you see your ex at an up moment and you're in a down moment, but that's not forever. And you have happiness ahead of you too. So you might have to wait it out, but it is part of it too. And it's your ex being happy, your ex moving on doesn't take away from what kind of potential you have for an amazing life. Yes, absolutely. But I think also there's certain things that you need to do in order to kind of guarantee that you're focusing on yourself. And mm-hmm. one of them is don't have your ex on your social media and don't be connected to them. I mean, That's I know people advice. feel differently. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've seen people, the exes, they'll tag each other and things. And I'm like, okay. And <laughs> in a couple situations, they do have really good divorces. And I think that's great. In other cases, I feel like it looks like a good divorce, but I know that like the boundaries are blurry, you know, right. but I think having, you know, 
don't follow them on social. Don't mm-hmm. ask questions. You know, tell friends, like, I really don't want to hear certain things, so don't get back to me. I remember a friend of mine, I hadn't talked to him in quite a while. He messaged me because he was friends with my ex on Facebook, and I'm not. And he was just mm-hmm. like, oh, sorry to hear about your ex's engagement. And I was like, number one, <laughs> I don't care. I assumed that this was going to happen eventually, you know, like. Right. And number two, like, don't contact me to gossip, you know, like, yeah, yeah you're not that sorry. You haven't talked to me in, eight, in like a few months. You just want to join in, you know. So right. there's, you know, a reason I didn't find out because I wasn't following him because I don't care, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he doesn't follow me because he doesn't care. At least I don't think he does anymore. So <laughs> that that's the point. You know what I mean? So don't follow your ex on social. Tell friends, you know what? I only need to know so much. Tell me something if it, it impacts my kids or you think it's going to impact my health. Otherwise, I don't really need to hear it. And then also, you know what? Getting rid of your old junk, you know, like I only kept wedding photos from my daughter. That's Mm -hmm. who I kept them for. So she can one day look back. Like the other day I found a picture of the three of us and I was like, I'm saving this for her. I'm not going to just erase her history at all. Or like, I I just want her to have this and it doesn't hurt me. I don't care. I actually, we had a great time at our wedding. Like we had an awesome wedding (laughs) and I still look back at that day and say, it was a great day. It was a fun party, you know? So I kept those memories, but I got rid of other stuff that I just didn't need. Like we had a Celtic ceremony where you, you hand fast and you tie the hands together. I threw out those things, you know, Uh so there were things I just got rid of. So, you know, get rid of old mementos, sell your engagement ring, get that money back, you know, put that towards something, put it towards bills, debt, uh, a vacation, whatever you need to do, childcare, Mm -hmm. God forbid, you know, but do whatever you got to do. And lastly, make a map for yourself of like what your own goals are, because your life is going to be different. Like I said, Mm -hmm. he and I had two different trajectories. Anybody who is divorcing, you're going to have different goals than they are, which is why you're not together anymore. So now it's like, what are you going to do? You know, for me, it was, okay, I need to work on the financial stability. And it's been a process ever since. Mm -hmm. It was getting back into dance. It was just, you know, I've always worked out, but diving into it more. It was really making sure I had a good community of friends and people to support me. And then it was deciding to date, you know. And then also, I think the last thing is, like, getting used to being alone. I've been alone for a long time. I don't even know if – I don't know if I remember what it's like to be with anyone else. I've been single for four and a half years. So, you know, it. but my map looked different than his did. And so you need to figure out – Where's your journey going? What do you need to do in order to be a relatively sane single parent? Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to have crappy days, but overall you want to see it as I get another chance to figure out the things I did wrong and to make them better. Yeah. You know, I have to say, I think that's one of the themes that is really a big part of your writing. And I think it's something that people really, really resonate with. I mean, you do such a great job of talking about, you know, things that you've learned from your past and new things that you've tried and and how it's allowing you to build your new life. And we'll definitely post some of your articles at worthy.com slash podcast so people can find it easily. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, always. (laughs) But I think we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, We are going to talk a little bit about, you know, you've given us all of this great advice and 
sort of thinking about different ways that you can separate your life and focus on yourself and really live in your worth. But even if you're doing all the great things that you can to make it as positive of a situation as possible, your ex still might be acting like a jerk. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Laura, and Laura, we were just saying that we're going to talk a little bit about what to do when your ex is just being a total jerk. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's unfortunate, and you know, there can be multiple reasons for someone behaving that way. Sometimes it's because you left somebody and they didn't want you to. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's because the person has personality disorder issues. There could be mental health or substance abuse problems. Sometimes the person is just, you know, this is what they grew up with, a lot of arguing and fighting, and they like it, you know? Um, Yes. I guess their norm. It's a learned behavior, whatever Mm -hmm. the case is. It can be really hard, especially, I don't know, I just feel like, when you're trying to do the right things, you're trying to be a decent co-parent, you're trying to do the best, you know, and be fair and be reasonable. And you know what? Sometimes your ex is not reasonable. And I think this is one of the hardest things. Like, for example, if you are somebody, and I'm sure there are many of us, who you know, is divorced and your ex is a narcissist or difficult or mean, It's hard because other people kind of see it as, oh, you have a bad divorce or like, oh, you're not Mm -hmm. amicable. And like everybody should be consciously uncoupling and being friends. And you know what? (laughs) Honestly, we all know that that's what's best for kids is for people to get along. You know what? But there are some situations in which one person makes it really difficult for the other Mm -hmm. person. Sometimes it's two people, right? But try as you might, there are some people that doesn't matter what you do, they're not going to consciously uncouple with you. They're going to stab you from far away with their eyeballs, if possible, and, you know, trip you and put a black cat in your path, you know what I mean, metaphorically speaking. And that's hard because people are like, oh, well, you know, why is a person like that? And it's like, you know what, you can't control your ex. You can't make them nice. You can't make them easy. You can't make them reasonable. You can't make things go well. You just have to accept that this is how it is. Like a friend of mine has an ex that really does nothing. I mean, he's really just useless. He really is. He's very selfish. He's preoccupied, never takes the kids for overnights. And it's like, you know, always a source of frustration for her. And I just said to her, like, this is who he is. He's never changing. People don't change unless they really want to. So if you accept this now, start to completely not rely on this person and create your own little community to rely on. It's easier for you. What's that phrase that people say about having low expectations so you won't be disappointed? 
it's just like you don't expect anything, you know, yeah. or you know what, just accept that this is who the person is. For me, I started to really create a community of people that I could rely on and could count mm-hmm. on when emergencies happened because my emergencies would happen. I would turn to him and I would get shut down and I'm like, all right, you know, this person is not going to be like a co-pilot, co-parent. Like mm-hmm. I have to kind of parallel parent where I do my thing. He does his thing and just try to keep the peace as much as possible and try right. to be kind and try to do the right thing and just try to be a good parent. And so I say to those people who are dealing with difficult exes, like, just try to be your best you. You're yeah. not going to fix this person. You're not going to change them. They're most likely never going to change. Just try to be your best you. Let your kids love them without your judgments of the person. Let them figure out on their own who that person is. Just step away. Give them the chance to have a relationship with the other parent. And one day things will become clear to them, right? Like I have friends that are like, I don't understand. You know, my kids just glorify the other parent and don't they see all that's going on? And I'm like, they're children. Children are going to love both parents. Let them love the person. Eventually one day they'll realize everything you did for them, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really big thing, especially for moms, mostly because I think moms tend to get the brunt of kids' emotions in general, divorced or married, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think like the two biggest things is accept this person is not going to change most likely. I mean, the chances of them changing is like one in a million and that you need to have some sanity beyond it. And you, you actually have to like build a mental fortress of like, okay, like I'm not letting this bother me. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard, especially if like, for example, you want to go to work, the two of you are, you know, working and the one person doesn't want to pay a childcare bill well, on that. Now you're sitting there like, gosh, I'm strapped. Or like in the case of like, you have a co-parent that won't take the kids for overnight. So you're with them day in and day out and you're feeling burnt out. You know, whatever the case is, it, it can be really hard to not be bitter, to not be angry, and to not feel like life has dumped on you so much. And you know what? I think it's okay to have a pity party for a few days, maybe even a month or two. But then at some point, you just have to say, okay, this is how the cards were dealt for me. Now, how am I going to strategically make this better for me? What am I going to do to help pay that childcare bill? What am I going to do to help myself not burn out? What are some things I can do to accept that this is my situation, but it doesn't have to kill me, you know? Right. One of the biggest things like with people who have difficult exes is you really just need to let it go. And you also need to let your kids have their relationship and let them figure it out. You know, like you're not there to tell them how to feel. It's their parent. And, you know, sometimes you just have to sit there and swallow a lot of pride and a lot of hurt. Yeah. And it's not easy. I'm not going to tell anyone that it is because it's not. Right. But when someone's like that, it's like, you're really not going to change them. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that you said earlier, you were talking about how as long as, you know, it doesn't affect me, if my child is safe, like, I don't need to hear about it. But I think one of the things that, you know, we hear from the Facebook group and something that, you know, we know goes on with a lot of a lot of people is that sometimes you you can feel like maybe your kid isn't safe. And, you know, I know this isn't an experience that you've necessarily had, but like in general, what kind of advice would you give for people deciding, you know, when 
to turn to lawyers and stuff when it comes to like, you know, it's your child. It's, it's, you know, where most of your love in this world goes into your kids, right? And they're going away to your ex for a while, if that's the arrangement. And what would you say to somebody who worries about their kid's safety? It's really hard because, you know, sometimes you have kids who don't want to go see the other parent. They just mm-hmm. don't want to do it and they cry, but you kind of have to be like, well, you, there's no choice. And then you have, you know, it's, then you have kids who probably don't even realize. I think that you need to document anything that you hear going on. Obviously, if there are signs of like physical abuse or the other person is abusing drugs, alcohol, you know, not feeding the kids, you know, then you got to step up and call services. The problem is it's got to be extreme enough mm-hmm. to warrant that. And the reality is that there are plenty of times that it's really difficult to prove a situation, especially if it's an emotional abuse situation. Yeah. You know, that's when I say to people, like, if it's a hairline situation, why not recommend family counseling for everybody? Right. That's good so advice. then like both yeah. co-parents are there you know, because then the therapist can sit there and say, oh, I'm seeing this. Mm-hmm. And you know right. what? Maybe that other person needs just some help, you right. know, and like, and maybe you just need some help with learning how to like deal with it, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, when it comes to how painful this is, like it can be awful without being dangerous. And I think sometimes we have to like find ways to deal with awful. And I, th- I think what you were saying before is, you know, it's hard and and you're not going to say that it's easy, but it is something that, that you can get there. And, you know, of course you want to look for the red flags, but like, it's okay if it's awful. It can be part of what's going on. Well, I mean, it depends how awful you mean. Like, mm-hmm. so here's a good example. I think when people first separate and divorce and the other person has a new partner around them, mm-hmm. it is completely normal to obsess or worry about right the other person being around your kid. Laura, how do you talk to your kids about that? Like they're meeting this new person. What is it like when a new person comes into the family dynamic? It really depends on how you and your ex get along because you know what? A lot of the times there is no conversation. You just pick up your kid and they're like, oh yeah, I met daddy's girlfriend or I met mommy's boyfriend. And you're like, oh, that's news to me. I have no idea. You know, (laughs) I, I think in that case, it's normal. It's really normal to feel jealous. It's normal to feel like you're being overshadowed, right? I definitely felt that way. I think when I knew that my daughter was meeting this woman, this new Mm -hmm. woman, I definitely felt like threatened. I think it's very normal. But I think ultimately, I just said, you know, like, this is it. This is how it's going to be. And I just hope this person is good to my kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have to just hope for that. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, there really isn't. And I see this a lot with many women and men being like, how can I keep, you know, my ex's new partner from being around the kids right and a lot of the times it's really not grounded in reality it's not like I want to keep this person away from my kids because they're beating them or they're being emotionally abusive it's really more a feeling of being threatened by the other person 
and that's okay. I mean, you know, and sometimes the new person isn't good to the kids, you know, and I, I do get it. Or maybe they haven't been good to you. I mean, one thing that I think we're we're seeing a lot in the Facebook group is like maybe your husband left you for a woman and now the woman is in your kid's life. That's really hard. Yeah, that is hard. That's really hard. Yeah. And and also, I, I can understand why women feel that that's disrespectful to them. Like, why they wouldn't want their kids meeting that woman. Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing, though. Sometimes the kids know. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't. So they're going to have to grapple with those difficult emotions. So I feel like you need to keep those things, like, private. I didn't have to deal with that, thankfully, because right. that, that would have been really hard. But I think most importantly you know, my daughter has a half brother, you know, they had a baby. And so she's got a new brother. And I just try to think like, what's it like for her? You know, she must be tired. She must be, you know, it's hard having a newborn. So I try to think of all these things because Mm -hmm. I generally don't want to be hating another woman. It's just, that's not a fun place to be at. And it's bad for you too, to have that kind of toxicity in your life. And I don't, I think it's great. I'm like, good, I'm glad. Like she'll have a sibling and I don't have to be pregnant. This is great. (laughs) Like I'm happy, I'm fine with it. But like, I think the best thing to do is just try to be kind and try to understand that it's not easy for the step parent. Right. You know, I, I'm not a step parent, so, but I'm sure it's not easy and it, it's not easy for anybody. It's awkward for a lot, for a lot of people. And, you know, the other thing is like, you have to keep in mind, like what your ex might be saying about you to this person, right. you know, uh, <laughs> this person isn't getting an accurate report of who you really are. They're getting right. the tainted reality that your ex is giving them. So right. you have to keep that in mind. They're getting fed a lot of junk by, by your ex. And yeah. It's hard though when you, I think asking your kids like, well, you know, how was it? Was this person fun? I think taking it positive, like, did you enjoy it? But most importantly, letting the kids say what they want to say. And Mm -hmm. if you have a good relationship with your kids, most likely they're going to let you know how they felt about it. I know my daughter tells me plenty because she just does. You know, but ultimately, you know, I just turn to her and say, you know, be respectful, be kind and give this person a chance. You know, I think that people who are desperate to have their kids hate their stepmom or stepdad, that's just, that's crappy. Why do you want your kid to be miserable? Why do you want your kid to leave your house, go somewhere and be unhappy? Why would you want your kid unhappy for a minute? Because of your pride? Because it'll make you feel better to know that they love you more than the other person? Like, that's silly. You know, it's it's almost like I I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but it's back to the pizzas. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know the the love that your kids have for you is not altered at all by the love that they have for their other parent and any step parents that come into their lives. It's like there's infinite room for love. Yes, we teach our kids all the time to be friendly, to mm-hmm. be inclusive, to right. you know, let others in. So if you can't do it, what makes you think that your kids can go out and do it? I mean, I'm not saying it's not hard. Mm-hmm. For me, it's now like easy, you know what I mean? But there are moments yeah. that I have that I'm like, "Oh, this doesn't feel great." But yeah. like overall, it's okay because at the end of the day, you have to remember like if you're the mom, you're their mom. And really nobody replaces that. That's kind of like the Trump card, right? Everybody else is great, but your mom. So no matter what, even if they love the stepmom to bits, I mean, you're still the person that brought them into the world. So just allow them to be happy. 
and hope for them to be because you know what? I've seen both sides of the card and it's really hard to see your child unhappy mm-hmm. and worry about them when they're not with you. So you should want them to be happy just because they had a good time with dad or mom and their new partner doesn't mean that they're not having fun with you. And you know, look, right. we've all had the situation or we've all heard of the situation where there's a parent who's like the Disneyland parent and that can be really frustrating, but you know mm. what? Disneyland parents are like that for a reason because they can't handle the day in and day out of it. So let it go. At the end of the day, when your kids are adults, they'll sit back and they will look and they will remember who held their hand when they, you know, took their first steps, who helped them bike down the street, who held their hair while they puked, you know, like they're going to remember that. So allow it, you know, allow them to be happy. It's important. And you know what? They didn't ask to be, they didn't ask to be born and they didn't ask to be a part of parents who got divorced. So try and make it easier on them, you know, if you can. Yeah. You actually just really should place your energy in yourself and your kids. Yeah. And when you start to feel like you're obsessing over the past, you need to realize that that's a waste of time that you could have just spent on yourself or your kids. Right. Ultimately, it's not about him. It's mm-hmm. not about me. It's about my daughter. So mm-hmm. I'm always going to act in her best interest. and I'm always going to try and be a good person. And that means trying to be a good person to him and try to do whatever really most importantly is best for her. Like my daughter is everything. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried. You know, I'm worried about her. Right. Right. So you need to kind of change your focus that that's a big part of it. Putting the focus on your health, your mental health and, and your children. And I think for me, I don't have like any bitterness or anything about the divorce. It's, it's, I'm glad I'm happy to be, you know, divorced Mm -hmm. to have no, uh, (laughs) there's no pity parties over here. I think for me, it's now my own journey where I I experience like, you know, financial hardships and things like that, you know, and, and, and dating and and finding that difficult and finding meeting men of quality, very difficult. Those things frustrate me and they make me sad. And I have periods of time where I feel depressed, you know, and people would never know that they would never in a second know that unless they know me well. Mm -hmm. So my tricks and advice are, Know when you're sad and know when you're in despair. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to have a few bad days and a few bad weeks. When you're in despair, when you're not eating, you're not sleeping well, you know, you're struggling to find hope, that's when there's time for you to say, okay, I got to do something different. Whether it's a new job, a therapist, you know, exercise, medication, meditation, a a vacation, whatever it is, know the difference between being sad and being in despair. Being sad is normal and that's okay. Being in despair is when it becomes unhealthy, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when you really need to say, okay, I got to do something. Other things is to, if you're really feeling like, wow, my life stinks, my ex has it so great. I would recommend taking a piece of paper out and writing all the things that you've accomplished from your divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's I opened my own checking account for the first time or I got a raise or I taught my child how to swim or, you know, write down the things that you've accomplished when you've been a person on your own, a single, a single mom. And you will be surprised at how much 
you'll find good. Yeah. Every Thursday in the Facebook group, we have the the Single Mom Hustle series where we, you know, we post this little picture and people write comments of something that they did in the past week that was, you know, a moment of single mom hustle that they can be proud of. So if you're having a hard time coming up with those items for your own list, you can go and, and click on that topic and find some inspiration. And I bet that a lot of the stuff there is something that you'll you'll read and say, you know, I did something like that too, or it'll it'll kind of help reflect back to you how strong you are, how amazing you are, and how bright your future really is. And it doesn't have to be huge, you know, it could be something small, like, you know what, I took my four kids grocery shopping and everyone came back okay. Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, that's, those are not little things. When you have so much going on and, and you are in moments of despair, or even just, you know, a hard day, a hard moment, these small victories are important and we're always here to celebrate that and, and celebrate the amazing women who are a part of our community. And Laura, we're so glad that you are a part of our community. And I want to thank you so much for doing this episode with us. It's always such a treat to have you. I just want to add one more trick. I think it would be good. Yes, absolutely. Go for it. I think when you're sitting there feeling like, woe is me. Why haven't I dropped 10 pounds, met the man of my dreams, met the woman of my dreams? Oh, you know, life Mm -hmm. was so much better when I was married. I want you to look back and really take a list of like all the things that didn't work in your marriage. And chances are you're going to be like, wow, actually, you know what? I'll live with my extra 10 pounds or, you know, it's okay that I haven't met the woman or man of my dreams. You know, Mm -hmm. it's perspective and it's really hard when you're down in the dumps. That's why I said the most important thing is walk away from this knowing when you're sad and when you're in despair. When you're in despair, you need to really get some reinforcements in there. Mm -hmm. If you're sad, just know it's going to pass. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. I, you know, actually, it reminds me of something you wrote recently about looking at people around you who you feel like have it so much easier than you and so much better. And the closer you look at other people's lives, the more likely you are to want to stick with your own. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, thanks again. You you always leave us with, you know, such uplifting feelings and you're such a wonderful example of all of the amazing things that can happen for you as you embrace your fresh start and build the life for yourself that you deserve and live life standing in your worth and embracing the pieces that make you incredible. So thank you so much for being on. And (laughs) we look forward to having you back a third time soon. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. We love you. Thanks again to Laura for joining us and to all of you for listening. Next week, we'll be joined by Nicole Qualen, a collaborative divorce attorney who does an amazing job of empowering her clients to create a better life post-divorce, not just by getting them what they need, but by creating a way for one family to turn into two happy families that can work together for years to come. We're so excited to share her perspective with you and to introduce you to Nicole. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. 
When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you want to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com podcast to learn more.